So, my name is Gary Ford and you are listening to the well-famous Don't Be A Goose podcast. And welcome to episode three. It's Gazabounce time, sharing my dose of positive attitude. Remember what the mind can conceive and believe you can achieve. Well, welcome everyone to episode three of the Don't Be A Goose podcast. And today is what made me. And what the point of uh, what made me is obviously hoping that it will understand and help you realise what made you as well. So then once again, we're just continuing this journey of that little bit of a story about my journey, my and what, what's happened to me, getting you to understand who I am along this journey, this podcast journey that I'm going, which I'm just really embracing at this moment in time. And like I say, I know it's just me on my own and you're being very patient, listening to me waffle away on my own podcast. But like I say, soon we'll get some guests on and go through it. But I just need you to understand a little bit more about me. So let's get cracking on this episode three of What Made Me. Now, I think as as you're going older, you're getting up as a kid, you are a kid. So life for me didn't really start until senior school and I think that probably is fair to say that happens for a lot of kids you know you junior school that's all about having fun and mucking around with your mates and all that stuff but then when you say when you realize you've got to go to senior school you realize it's time to grow up a little bit just a little bit um I've not really grown up massively but uh, I'm doing my best I'm doing my best um but yeah so I made a, a very uh, conscious decision um as as a, as a boy uh to go to uh, a different school to all of my uh, friends that were in my junior school I thought that'd be the best thing for me because I was a little shit uh, let's not get away from it, you know, not, not naughty, but just uh, ants in my pants, couldn't sit still, always, you know, couldn't stay focused for long enough and all that sort of stuff. So I made a conscious decision to, to choose a completely different senior school to all of my friends thinking, well, I'm going to get focused. I'm going to go to a, a senior school where I won't muck around because I won't be surrounded by all my friends and I'll, I'll be, yeah, I'll, I'll start to be good. I think I think I've persuaded my mum and my dad that that was going to be the way forward for me and I, I chose a school Queen's School is what the school I chose um, just because uh, I mean my dad did go there and so it was sort of following in his footsteps a little bit uh, and I just wanted to go there like I said be away from everyone so you know and senior school I mean this is a crazy it was a crazy experience for me I must admit and I'm sure everyone will have very very similar stories to tell when it comes to this but senior school it, this is this was the point that it, this could have so broke me you know, it was one of them places where I just, I didn't enjoy it. It was school, senior school just wasn't for me. And I, you know, the lot of stuff that happened to me throughout Queen's school and throughout being in senior school, um, whether they're teachers and friends, you know, this could have completely, like, utterly ruined me. Could have broke me like you wouldn't believe. But, the, you know, I'm going to say, tell a few stories about my, my, my experiences in senior school, but instead... It absolutely made me the person I am today, and I find I find this conversation very intriguing because it helped me it helped me really build my character, my strength, and my belief in what I and what I've achieved today. And you know, there's some of them, them traits that just follow me followed me all through my life, and I'm very very grateful, <laughs> believe it or not, um, for this uh, for the experience I I I had at school. You know, um, you know, if I 
wish I, I wish I knew what I knew now, you know, because obviously I would, I would have believed in it all. But you know, back back in the day, I you know I hated every day of it. But it's really you really find out about yourself when you look back and really look into depth of what's created you, what's made you the person you are, what's give you that strength, that courage, that bravery, that belief. And like I say, mine really did start from senior school. You see, because I had so many bad experiences when it comes to school. Now, like I say, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna sit here and say I'm the perfect child. No bloody way. My mum and dad will vouch for that. But I wasn't a complete naughty boy. <laughs> Do you know, I am. Um, I, I just, you know, I, I, I did struggle to stay focused in class. You know, I struggled to sit still and all that sort of stuff. But you know, it's still for me. It didn't give teachers the right to dismiss me. And I found, I found that that, that, that happens so much in you know, virtually every single one of, my, one of my classes. No one wanted to give you that, that attention, that effort, and understand why you're not sitting still. Why are you not focused? What can we do to help you? Why aren't we challenging you, and challenging you enough to make you want to be here? And I think that's a very important question, you know, because I had so many teachers throughout my whole time at senior school telling me that I am a complete waste of space. I will never ever amount to nothing. I've got nothing good going for me. There's just, you know, there's just nobody. I'm just going to be just this waste of space that went out into the world and just will achieve absolutely nothing. And when you get told that on pretty much a daily basis, you know, that is something that could seriously damage you. That could seriously really affect you. you. You know, there are one or two ways that you could actually go with this. And, you know, it's quite, like I said earlier, it's, it's quite impressive that, I, you know, I took the higher ground and, you know, it made me stronger and more determined, you know, because when you're being told that every, on a daily basis that you just are not going to amount to anything, you're just a waste of space, that is, that's quite hard to take. I know as a kid, you can sometimes brush it aside and, and you, can, you can giggle about it and you can laugh about it, but these are certain things that really do impact your, can impact your life. You know, and you know that. So that that was sort of one thing. You I know, mean, a couple of stories from from school are, you know, like the school the school football team. You know, the the most amazing. This still baffles me to this day, and how this actually happened, and how how a school could decide this in terms of what to do. So I was so excited to be like my first like PE session, PE session, football session. You know, I I love football as a kid, and I was desperate to sort of play football for the school you know it's really you know it's proper exciting and you sit there so that first PE session we sat there uh, groups of kids that were, that were all sat together and the the, the football teachers that uh, the PE teachers they sort of they said right I want everyone to raise their hand if they play for a football team outside of school you know, and at this time, I didn't play for a football team. Love football, you know, I played for football for the junior school, but I didn't actually have an outside team at this moment in time. Okay, and they, so all the, all the kids, they all raised their hand. Yeah, I play for a team, yeah, I play for a team. All that sort of thing. So they raised it. So they, they went, right, you lot go over there, and the rest of you stay here. All right, perfect, brilliant. Okay, so what's going on? Still, still quite excited about what's going on. But what happened from that point was that 
all the kids that didn't put their hand up, even if they wanted to play football for the school, they never got the opportunity because what the teachers did, they made life so easy for themselves because the kids that have had teams, they've sort of done a little bit of training, you know, they sort of they just presumed that they'll be the better footballers. So they then divided them up into being the school football teams and all the kids that didn't put their hands up but to start with didn't even get a look in, didn't even get the opportunity to play to play for the school. And it's just an absolutely mad thing to happen. And you know, how you could how you can make a choice like that. And and you know, the teachers obviously weren't aware on that what damage that can have on the kids, but that just you know, that thought was so deflating to, to, to be part of that experience where a teacher just made a conscious decision where you play for someone, you must be crap, you must be good because you play for someone, you know. And then that was just a, a real mad thing to, to go through. And like, I went through the, a whole uh, four years of, of Queen's School and not actually playing for the school football team for that reason and it was mad because the teams had been pretty much picked and they just refused to look outside the box and see if there were any other players that could potentially fit into the team now i tell a lot i did play one game for my school <laughs> and this was just on the basis that i had so many friends that were in the school team that on one occasion they all refused to play unless i actually got into the team unless i played you know that, and you know that. I mean, that stands. I mean, massively. You know, that means so much to me that I had such good friends that they would like refuse to play football unless I got a go. You know, and I did play. I played in that one game, and we won, and it was great. It was fantastic. But that was my one and only game of football, um, in for Queen's School, which was just this the most amazing experience. And then, but from that, I was so determined. From from the minute I got refused in that first year senior that I wouldn't allow to play for the school football team, I had to prove that how good I was. You know, I had to make sure that I was so determined that I was going to play football, and I was going to get into that school team. Now it didn't work out that way for me in terms of the school team. But, you know, I went out, so I found a, a club I could join. I joined a complete load of strangers, and I got involved, and I just developed myself. I just worked so hard. I just run and, and train harder than anybody else because I wanted to get in the school team, and I pushed myself so hard year after year after year to try and get into that school football team and it just never appeared for me it never worked but you know the determination that I had through my school years of trying to get into the school team really did help me push on because the, the hard work and the effort that I was putting outside of school really determined me into a very good footballer you know and once again the school experience you know throughout school when I left school I really was determined to make sure I play football I'd always work harder than everybody else you know I have this big thing that that hard work always outweighs talent talent is such an amazing gift that so many kids have got you know and there was I played with alongside uh, players from school that were amazing they had the skill the touch everything about their awareness it was absolutely immense but they just couldn't be bothered. They were lazy when it comes to actually wanting to develop that, that skill. And it's something I had to work seriously hard at to develop how good a footballer I'd become. You know, and I, I did go on to play semi-professional football, but that was just from few, 
through pure determination and passion and a desire to be a better me and be a better footballer. You know, so that was one of my successes from from school really from, from from not being picked from that very first day at school in in PE and wanting to play in a football team to like then making it to a semi pro football level but that always stuck in my mind that 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 place where I just didn't get that opportunity for the stupidest of reasons and once again it just stems back to you know that being told you're not good enough you're not going to make it so you have to sometimes prove people wrong you sometimes have to really push yourself hard and to, to prove to prove people wrong and that's exactly what I did when it come to, to football another a truly uh, bad experience for me uh, from school was not understanding um I suppose culture is that a word I don't know if that's the right word when it comes to this but I, once again this does stem back to uh, my very first PE lesson and my very very first ever um non um a non-uniform day <laughs> oh my god the worst traumatic days of my life um so I know PE session I was so excited I um got in the PE got in the room getting the changing rooms getting changed for PE and you <laughs> you pull out your trainers because you're so excited to do PE um and uh I pull out my two pound three pound pair of probably a bit probably more plastic than <laughs> than liver uh trainers from Bovenden Market you know quite proud to put them on because I'm gonna do my PE session and everyone else was pulling out Puma Adidas, Nike, Reebok, and all these brands come out and they see your trainers and the abuse that you get. You get tormented as a child for not having like a named pair of trainers. It was like quite embarrassing. It was quite a really uh, tough time, but you know, you've just got to fight your way through it. You put them on and you get on your PE, PE session because that's what you was there for. That's what you was excited about. But you know, all through then, then PE sessions have been taking the mickey out of me because I couldn't afford, I couldn't afford these sort of trainers. My mum was, a, you know, this time was a single mum, you know, working free jobs to, to provide for me. You know, she couldn't afford the stuff, the luxuries that some of these uh, these kids had. And, you know, but it, it's amazing that what you have to experience as a child sometimes. And once again, that was quite a traumatic experience for me. And it's not so much that I, I learned massively from it, but it was something that really made me want to get a better job when I left school. I wanted to be, wanted to be better. I wanted to be able to afford really nice clothes. I want to be able to dress right. I want to be able to really look good and be proud of everything I'm wearing. And that was a big part of of my growing up, that, that, that session as well. And the non-uniform day, I mean, that just rocked my world. <laughs> I turned up one uh, one non-uniform day in um, just a t-shirt and jogging bottoms and trainers, you know, (laughs) as you do. (laughs) Yes, I don't have to wear uniform to school today. This is going to be the best day ever. Um, And that's exactly how my feelings were when I rocked up um, and I got changed to school in the morning. But once again, you turn up to school and everyone's in Ralph Lauren, Gucci, Nike, Adidas, and you just got the most basic pair of uh, of jogging bottoms and the most basic t-shirt on the most basic trainers and you're just so excited that you don't have to wear the, the shirt the tie the blazer to school and your shoes that you, you don't realize once again what you're walking into and i walked in to 
to the most horrific barrage of abuse and mickey taking, being pie, being called their names, you know, the pikey, the jippo, tramp, all that sort of stuff, just because I didn't have fashionable clothes on. But, you know, like I say, I was so excited to, to just not wear my uniform. But, you know, that was uh, an experience I would, I, I would always look back on because it destroyed me. That completely destroyed me, and that was literally the last non-uniform day I ever went to. If it was ever a non-uniform day, I would just pretend to be ill. I was sick. Um, I just wouldn't go. I just refused to go to school because I I couldn't keep up with the the, the kids that had all the proper now. And it's just a, it's just one of them experiences. And it, and once again, that least leads in like I was saying about the trains from the PE session, you know. You know, I, I take massive pride now in everything, how I look, how I present myself, um, and and maybe that does stem back to to that that traumatic experience. I mean, I went through a, a stage in my life where I'd spend thousands of pounds every month on clothes. Like it was just an obsession that I had to have the best looking clothes. And maybe that is you know a bad thing. I don't know if it's a bad thing or a good thing, but it was just something that was ingrained in me that I just had to look good. And ever since you know that that school experience, I've made sure that I'm proud of everything I wear, how I look, you know, the presentation of myself um, has always stuck with me from that, that bad experience from, the, from school and from clothes. But, you know, now this still is all about what made me because these sort of things, these experiences, these traumatic experiences at school, they are what, what created me. They are what kept, kept me going and what pushed, pushed me on. You know, and this, this is where you really do need to find out how strong your self-belief is. I think this is a real thing because once I'd left school, you know, I had to realise that I hadn't got the qualifications and a Queen's School asked me to leave, very politely, obviously. Um, and then I went on to another school, Francis Coombe, after that, um, which was, you know, so much better. I, I then was integrated with, obviously, my, my old friends from junior school and it was all great. Um, but once again, like I said, this is that self-belief now that really had to be strong, you know, as a kid, to take all them knockbacks of being told you're going to be a failure, you're not good enough to play football, you're not good enough to succeed, you're going to be a waste of space, you know, your clothes are crap, but, you know, all that stuff from school, this really stems to where, I, where I'm getting to now and what created the person I am, because taking so many knockbacks through school encouraged me to prove people wrong stay determined, believe in myself. And it's, it, it's, it's quite a good feel. I'm actually very, very proud of how strong and determined I stayed throughout all this. So once I left school, I found myself in a position where I needed to, to get a job. Uh, and I was working as a, 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 just a plasterer's labourer, you know, if I, and I was doing that from sort of 14 onwards, really. Um, but, you know, that's what I got to. And I got to, I was working with a very good friend of mine, Richard. He was an amazing friend. He's been an amazing sort of mentor throughout for me. He helped me, helped me really develop as a man in the early ages of my life. But even he turned around to me, I think I was 16, 17, and he turned around to me and he said, Gary, you do not want to be a plasterer, mate. He goes, I've been doing this for years. You do not want to be this. You know, but I, I was sort of thinking I could be good at this. This is something I, something I could get good at. He's like, get out of it. 
don't care, go and sort your life out, get away from this. So it was a very good thing because I could have fell down the wrong, the wrong road or the wrong path, but Richard really was quite adamant that I had to get out of the building game and, and be a plasterer. This, you know, back then, that's something he really did push me to do. So I took, I went and booked myself a college appointment. And I once again thought, right, I'm going to go down. And this was at the early age where, where computers were really starting to take off. So I thought I'd go and try and get myself on a computer course. <laughs> so that so I went out and I went and got went and got this meeting with this computer and I turned up with this college guy and I sat there with him and I said right this is what I want to do I want to I want to get into computers I want to either learn how to build them or program them I just want to really get involved with computers I started to lift off I feel you know I'm only a young lad I could really learn and get on with that you know and he looked at me and he looked at he asked me about my qualifications and I said I haven't got any. <laughs> And he blatantly told me I wasn't clever enough. Because you're, you're, you're so, I'm sorry to say, but you're just not clever enough. You're never going to be able to get into a computer class. You're never going to be able to go to college to study computers because you just haven't got no qualifications and you're not clever enough. You, you know, there's nothing we can do to help you. You know, this is a 16-year-old boy wanting to better his life. And he's being told by the college now... That he's not good enough, he's not clever enough, and you won't be allowed to go and get on a computer course. <laughs> and the, the completely baffling thing about this whole situation, my friend Richard, that you know was a plasterer, was uh, sometimes on the uh, on the doors at, at that point as well. <laughs> he went to the doll office to get asked about going on a computer course and what they could put on him. This is a twenty-seven-year-old man now, so ten years older than me. And they put him on a three-year course. So, you know, it didn't matter that he was standing on a dole and he had no qualifications, but the, the dole office were quite happy to put a 27-year-old on a computer course. But a 16, 17-year-old boy wanted to better himself and really embrace his life and grab hold of a career was not clever enough to do it. It was just one of them mad things. And once again, that pure knockback, that... that that someone tried to really dent my my inner set myself to believe my confidence you know that is just absolutely insane but once again i'm i've been at work i've worked with richard since i was 14 i've been a plastered labor done plastering so i i all i knew was to work hard i've had through school just this, this determination to do something so i went and got a job um, and we look, we look, look for jobs, and this job come up in the back of a bathroom warehouse. And so I, uh, you know, I went for the interview, and you know, went to go become this uh, bathroom warehouse, and I got, I got the job. So you know, yes, got a job at a bar, back of a bathroom warehouse. But the one thing about this was that I, I become very good at it. You know, I was very good at what I done. I was very organised, I memorised things, I learned product, I was determined to, like, once again, just be, be good at my job. I mean, I've, I've never known anything other than to be good at what I do. So, you know, whether I was a warehouse boy or a top designer, whatever, I, I will always give it 100%. I've never, ever gone in, into anything half-hearted. You just don't do that. I can't do that. I'm an all-or-nothing person and always will be. But the one thing that I knew back then, even as a 16, 17 year old boy in a back of warehouse, I was destined for better things. I was never, ever, ever gonna stay a warehouse boy. It just wasn't me, you know, and I would, I would constantly push 
and, and nag my boss that I don't want to be, I want to be on the shop floor, I want to, I want to get into the showroom, I want, to, I want to prove that I'm better, I can do this job, I can do that, I can do what he's doing, I can do what she's doing. And that's exactly the attitude I took them. I used to nag him like absolute crazy until he actually finally gave me the opportunity to uh, to come onto the shop floor and just work on every now and then I'll do a Saturday and learn learn how to sell and, and what the products are. But the beautiful thing I had and the experience I had from all the product from being in the warehouse was I knew the product like the back of my hand. It was just the most amazing thing. It was as if my, my boss knew and that's how he was going to develop me by starting at the bottom, learning all the insides of the product and what the actual product looks like, how it feels and all that sort of stuff. So then coming onto the shop floor, you know, and I know I sound like I'm getting really excited about this, but this was an exciting time for me. You know, I'd, I'd got from the warehouse to the shop floor just from sheer persistence and telling myself that I could do this, I can do this job, I'll be amazing at it, just give me the chance, give me the opportunity, I'm not gonna stay here and do this, you need to give me that chance. And you know, that pure, pure persistence from my, from my side, that self-belief that I can step up from a warehouse to sales, was that amazing thing, and I got there, you know, and I started to really impress on the shop floor. You know, I would learn of each of the managers and all the salespeople, and I would just learn and take little traits from every single one of them on how they done things, how, you know, because they each had their own personal skills, but if I could take all of what they could do and mix that into one bag, you know, I would become the best in that showroom. That's, that was the ultimate goal. You know, and that's how I kept done it. I'd, I'd take brochures home and learn all the products. I'd learn all the costings. I'd learn how to do, how to look at architectural plans and how to use scale rulers and how to draw bathrooms and kitchens by hand. You know, I learned all this stuff. I had to completely self-teach myself everything. And eventually I got, you know, I went from being that Saturday boy to then finally becoming, you know, working on the shop floor full time to then be getting, becoming the, the best salesman in the showroom, then becoming the assistant manager, then becoming the manager. You know, I just, just pushed myself. And once again, it was a pure determination and a belief in my own ability. I was good at something. Not a lot of good, I was fucking good at something and I was better I was the best and pe you know I'd have it was so funny I was so young and I'd have people customers would walk into the showroom and they would literally walk past me because I was so young and they'd walk up to the, the the managers at the time and they'd go up and say yeah I'd like and they'd pass me to him because no no I want to speak to someone more smith no no he's the best <laughs> and, you know and then they'd have to you know hold their head in shame and come back to me and then one day realize the designs that I can create and the you know the the vision I have for bathrooms and kitchens was just immense you know I I would I'd explore all opportunities I'd ask questions I would listen and I'd pay so much attention to what the client needed that I could develop and create the most amazing and bathroom and kitchens for them and it just blew so many people away you know and it's just that once again that trait of just being so determined and willing to work harder than every single person in that showroom that I would become the best and you know I, I love that I, I did that I love that that's what I I had that trait of being I I that, that, say, that self-belief I had in myself was amazing. And once again, it all stemmed from the senior school up, really pushing myself, surrounding myself with the right people to make sure, learning of the right people. You know, all these things come together to make sure that it was just all, 
it all come down to that just never I was never going to give up I was never going to fail I wanted to succeed I wanted to be the best and that's what, what made me the person I was and that's what developed me so that whole experience from 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 senior school all through my early years of, of uh, just working for someone you know but 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 just purely pushing myself when everyone else was just going home I'll take things home take books brochures and just learn stuff you know look up stuff and become the best I could possibly be within that showroom so then you know I would constantly get headhunted by other other showrooms and I'll just go to my boss oh they've they've um <laughs> they want me now I'm going oh no no I'll give you more money I'll give you more money and I was just getting money thrown at me not to leave because I was making my business so much money you know that you could afford to pay me this because I would work harder than everybody else and I would bring in the money clients would constantly want to come to me the interior designers the architects the property developers I built up such an immense portfolio at that point and I just loved it I buzzed being that good at something is amazing it's an amazing experience you know so you know this is where this comes to there's there's two this is there's two paths that could have come out of this you know there was the 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 path of, of choosing life to succeed or to fail you know never give up or give up you know they were the sort of the paths that I had to choose and I no matter what happened no matter what the knockbacks I got no matter what someone tried to you know someone tried to dent my confidence I weren't gonna let it happen and I always chose the path of success the t- the path of never ever giving up the path of self-belief that's exactly what I chose and that's that's what's made me and I just wanted to really talk about what made me because by me just giving you a few personal experiences of, of, of what I went through in sort of a little bit of my childhood and my, my early years of actually working for someone before I did own, own my own business. You know, you start to hopefully look back at your journey and what, what made you the person you are today. I mean, it might not have been a childhood thing, it might have been a business thing, but you know, a lot of what happened to me and a lot of what made me has stemmed from my childhood. You know, like I say, you know, I grew up, um, my mum for for a lot of, a lot of my life you know my single a single mum raising four children you know working three jobs to live up you know when you've got a mum that is doing all that to make sure that you never ever went without a. Uh, an amazing birthday present, an amazing Christmas, you know, Easter, all them chocolate eggs. You know, my mum never ever made me want for anything when it come to them sort of days. You know, no, I couldn't go out and just randomly buy a hundred pound pair of trainers anytime during the year, but I always had an amazing birthday. I always had an amazing Christmas and so did my brother and my sisters. And that was the amazing thing. And when you've got a mum, when you when you grow up with a mum as as determined as that and and you know to make sure that we didn't go without them things. You know, we always had the luxury not luxury holiday of year, but it was a luxury to to me and my brother and my sisters because we got to go abroad every single year. It's because my mum worked her fucking arse off to make that happen she would never ever let us not have them things throughout the year you know the the four birthdays the one the one holiday the one christmas it was always the most amazing experience for all of us so when you grow up as well through what you go through and 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 then watching your mum work their many jobs and just work her socks off to make sure that she provided for for us four 
and you know and for, for obviously for ourselves but just to make sure that our home was lovely and we had you know we had de- them things you know that was solid solid foundations for an amazing childhood and and, and the reason why i have got so much determination and never give up give up attitude that that ambition that focus you know that that just that desire to succeed is just an amazing trait and i i thank i do thank my mum massively for that thank you mum um but i truly do i thank my brother and my sister for always being around me and making them them days awesome you know um I, i i love the fact that you know, school could have broke me the, the bad experiences, but I just took every single one of them and turned them into a complete and utter positive. And that's why I love it. And that's why I'm so bouncy. That's why I love my life. It's, and that's why I'm so determined. And I will never, ever fail. I will never, ever give up because I will keep pushing forward. So, yeah, so that was a little bit about what made me and that what made me the person I am today so I'm hoping what you get from that is a little bit to a little bit of time to explore what made you um, and like I said we're going to keep learning a bit about me so what I'm going to do in, in the next episode we're going to talk about a little bit about my business journey and how my business journey started and a few failings and succeeds throughout that so once again just get a bit more of a, a feeling for who I am what I do and how I achieve what I achieve so I just want to say a massive thank you for for bearing with me listening to this podcast coming on this journey with me and listening to episode three of what made me so have an awesome day people thank you for listening and remember don't be a goose see you next time